live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast, and I am Brian Buckley. How the hell are you doing today? This is being recorded on the 12th of January, 2014, and will be hitting the internets on the 13th of January, Tuesday morning. How's everyone doing today? How did everyone enjoy their weekend? Lots of football. Do you have a lot of money fights with all the money you won because of my ultimate picks? Three and one, once again, no congratulatory emails, no tweets, no text message, no phone calls, nothing. But that's okay. I'm over it. Or maybe a lot of you just took my advice on that one game I got wrong. Lost your house. But either way, you're welcome. Um, so we'll get into a lot of things. The Hall of Fame, obviously. Uh, we got four members came in. We'll touch on college basketball a little bit, just a little bit, because we got months of uh, non-sports action to go over the NBA and college basketball. But we begin with the NFL, and I guess we'll have to go in order. We'll start on Saturday, where this is one of the games that was affected by weather. Not affected by weather, but it's the elements, I guess. I mean, Green Bay would be the other game. Not terrible, but I guess if you're on the East Coast uh, or in the middle of the country the past week or so, terrible weather. Just Arctic cold People complaining about weather all the time. I'm one of them. And, and I think it's, I don't know what it is, but it, it, I think people forget when they live in a cold environment that they don't have to live here. They complain and say, oh, I can't wait for the summer to begin. I, I really want to take advantage of the summer before the cold hits again. You don't have to live here. You, you choose to live here. And I'm one of those fools. I've been doing it for 34 years now. I choose to live here in the cold. So if you don't like it, go to California. And that's my weekly rant of old man proportions that you would hear some awkward man talking about at a gas station. All right, so we'll move on to the football, and we'll start in order. I guess so. We'll start in New England. Uh, Patriots take care of business against the Ravens, come back from two 14-point deficits, win 35-31. Brady, 33 for 50, 367 yards, three TDs, and good Lord, we thought he was dead. Left for dead just weeks ago, but man, he continues to steamroll. Joe Flacco, everyone was on the Joe Flacco train all of a sudden. He was the next coming of uh, Johnny Unitas. He does have a great playoff record, but man, the media jumped on top of him like he was great. His 10-4 and record now in the playoffs is now 10-5, and I believe. He's 28 for 45 with 292 yards, four touchdowns, but two costly interceptions. Well, two interceptions, very costly, that last one, throwing off his back foot in the fourth quarter. Julian Edelman obviously stole the show. That, well, I didn't steal the show, but on a, quite a play, the flea flicker, the old quarterback, threw a 50-yard pass to Danny Amendola late in the third quarter to tie the game. Uh, David Ortiz tweeted, Boston Red Sox DH David Ortiz tweeted, who knew Julian Edelman had an arm? Well, you know, Ortiz, I'm sure you have a lot of things to do, but if you watched any of the pregame or watched any college football, you'd know he used to be a quarterback. So... Get with it, really. Come on. You want to... Come on. Uh, what can I say? Uh, Pats took care of business. They, they they were down several times in this game. They came back from two 14-point leads, like I said. They looked down and out. Uh, it was an exciting game. Probably eh, the second most exciting game. We had the Dallas Green Bay game. Rob Gronkowski was big. His ass crack made another appearance. It's not that I'm obsessed with it. This is the third podcast. I'm already talking about weather and Rob Gronkowski's ass for the second time. But can we get that man a pair of pants? A pair of pants that fit? 
I mean, there are big men on the field. Their pants don't fall down. There are big men on the field that move around a lot like him. Their pants don't fall down. What is wrong with him? Belichick can have all these schemes, ineligible receivers, do all he can, but they can't get a pair of pants for their tight end. I'm a little concerned. Frankly, I'm a little concerned. But I'll get over it. Uh, One thing we took away from this game was, I forget exactly what point in the game, but it was a long pause coming back from a commercial with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were given a notice, not a notice, they were, they, were, they were given paperwork to read. They were given statements to read, basically, by NBC, lauding the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, and basically how great of a human being he is. Uh, Gandhi, Bishop Tutu, Roger Goodell, pretty much a big three. Um, they read uh, Al Michaels, a god in the industry, reads a outcome of the ex-FBI Robert Mueller's investigation, internal investigation in the NFL to see the transpirings of what happened with the Ray Rice situation, domestic abuse situation, and suspension issue. He said everything was great, everything was fine, and, well, he didn't say it. He was just reading that the results had found that there were no... Everything was status quo. It was perfect, nothing wrong, no wrongdoing, And Collinsworth, just with the dagger, uh, he says, Mr. Goodell is a man of integrity, all that. They didn't read it as if they were, it was a hostage situation, but the words coming out of their mouth might as well been as if they were some sort of Russian media, and if they didn't read it with the gun to their head, they're going to be sent to the gulags. Uh, So it was, it was very embarrassing to listen to. I felt bad for those two guys, but they had to do it. And Al Michaels, a god in the industry, he did the miracle on ice. He did everything. I mean, it, it's it is what it is. You have to <laughs> when your boss tells you to jump, you say how high. And this audio is courtesy of NBC Sports. The commissioner here tonight. Most of you know that after an in elevator video of Ray Rice striking his then fiance went viral, the NFL asked former FBI Director Robert Mueller and his law firm to conduct an investigation into the leak's handling of the case, including whether Commissioner Goodell or any other NFL employee had received or seen the video before it went public. The report, as many of you know, was issued two days ago, identified deficiencies in the league's investigation, outlined several improvements the league should make, some of which have already been implemented. Also, after interviewing every female employee, analyzing millions of documents, emails, and text messages, and searching the computer and cell phone of the commissioner, the report concluded there was no evidence that Goodell or anyone else in the league had received or seen the tape prior to it going public. Chris, not a lot of good came out of this, obviously, the whole situation, but at least it made it part of the national conversation. And that was good. Yeah, the, the, the decision to suspend initially Ray Rice for two games was a mistake. Roger Goodell has admitted that. But I never once in all my dealings with the commissioner ever doubted his integrity. And I think that came out in the report as well. It did. So I, that's just rough to listen to. And I, I can't get mad at them. They're doing their job. I mean, Al Michaels is a guy who's done how many World Series? He did the I Believe in Miracles game. That's his quote. It goes to show you that no matter, even if you're a god in the industry, you are nobody. Because as a great man once said, or great men once said, K 
cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. And that's all it is. That's Wu-Tang Clan, by the way. Did you get that? Okay. Uh, so they can be reduced to stool pigeons that simply. Money is everything. But again, Brady, mo- Brady and the Patriots move on. And just like I predicted, Patriots would win. Ravens cover. Made you money. You're welcome again. The later game that night was sort of a bore. Uh, I expected a huge blowout from the Seahawks. And it was kind of just a boring game. Uh, they, they let Carolina stay around. It was 14-10 at halftime. And nobody scored in the third quarter. You're just waiting for Seattle to just take that next step and take them out. And they eventually did. But it seemed like they, they, I don't know, toying with them. Maybe Carolina's better than we thought. I don't know. Russell Wilson, 268 yards, two touchdowns, 15 for 22. And more importantly, perfect on third downs. Perfect. Mr. Newton, who I gave a lot of grief to last week, was 23 for 36 with 236 yards, that is. Two touchdowns and two interceptions. He played well. He didn't play great. He gets beat up. I got to give the guy credit. He takes a licking, and it's not even funny. I mean, his it's brutal sometimes what he what he goes through. Some of it's through his own fault. Running when he shouldn't be running and dive in. He should be sliding, and he isn't sometimes. So that's on him. But he's still a tough guy, and... And I don't. I caught some grief last week from some people about, you know, I called Cam Newton an asshole. Uh, I think he's still a young kid, and I don't know. I just find it, it was a bit much celebrating the way he did after beating the Arizona Cardinals, a team that really shouldn't even be in the playoffs with everything that has happened to their team, a non-existent running game, a quarterback Ryan Lindley that for all intents and purposes, we'll probably never see another snap in the NFL because of that disgusting display he showed the last, what, three, four games of the season and the playoffs. Ryan Lindley is Ryan Lindley. No offense to Ryan Lindley. He is who he is. But Cam's got to calm down. He's young. I still think he is a bit immature, but at the same time, I think he can become somebody. I think he can be a major quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he already is a star. But I think he could be a real player. This is the first of many playoff appearances by Cam Newton, in my opinion. So, But the real star of the game was Cam Chancellor. And they're, first of all, 11 tackles. Nine of them completely by himself. That TD to seal the game, the TD off the interception, the pick six. That was the first touchdown of his career, by the way. Uh, And Richard Sherman... The the always quotable Richard Sherman, he damages people's souls about Cam Chancellor. So, like I said, the always quotable Richard Sherman. Uh, And that jumping over the offensive line there, he was amazing athletic display. He, like uh, Burkhart said, though, he had to have had the snap count in order to do something like that. You can't do that twice. I'm sorry. You can't time it that perfectly twice, even though they were both negated plays because of penalties. But he was a freak on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. That that defense thrives off each other. And obviously every team's defense thrives off each other. But that team, you can tell when one of them makes a big play, it is a big deal for all of them. And I think that's what makes them great outside of athletic ability. But that team is... They're, they are... 
uh, I hate to say it, they they can go far. Well, they've already gone far, Brian. But also, uh, that game was Seattle was giving 11 points. I took Seattle. Seattle wins it. And they cover the spread. So that's two. That's two I gave you. And I haven't gotten one congratulatory email, tweet, phone call, text, anything. That's two. Two. Uh, and before we get into the NFC games, uh, well, that's not the NFC. Before we get into the Sunday games, I saw a commercial. Apparently this was actually released in August for a show on Spike that should be coming out later this year called Coaching Bad. I'm not sure if you've heard of this. It is hosted by Ray Lewis, the former linebacker, Hall of soon to be Hall of Fame linebacker. Is he in the Hall of I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame yet. Uh, he'll be putting a jacket on there, maybe not one he's accustomed to, because well no, that was a suit. Okay. Well anyways. He the two time defensive player of the year. This is the actual uh, press clipping here. The two time defensive NFL Defensive Player of the Year is going to try to assist coaches with anger issues, working in tandem with anger management specialist, Dr. Christian Conti. Now, if you ever watched Ray Ray Rice, well, he's got anger issues too. Um, Ray Lewis play football. He's an angry man, very angry. And from other reports, he's angry off the field too, fatally. Uh, They're going to have guests, including Chuck Pagano, which is a bit odd from the, the... Indianapolis head coach, Indianapolis Colts head coach, Glenn Big Baby Davis, which I'm not even sure what team he's on these days, and raving lunatic and steroid taking Bill Romanowski. So it should be very interesting. Now, you know, Ray Lewis is, how do I put this without being completely biased and irresponsible? I guess he's going to try to do this in his the off season or maybe he can do it in tandem with his responsibilities at ESPN. I mean, Ray Lewis can he's got a lot of time on his hands, so he can do whatever he wants. You know, a few years ago at Atlanta he had some other stuff on his hands, but the fact that this guy has a job, this has been well talked about. This is this is not news. The well the, the fact that this man has a job, he's employed by ESPN, which is owned by Disney. People can say what they want. He was never convicted of murder. I believe he was convicted of obstruction of justice. So at the very least, the very, very least, Ray Lewis witnessed a man murdered on that Super Bowl years ago and ratted on his friends. At the very least. And this guy has a job. I still don't understand it. I just don't get it. But, well, we'll have to see. Maybe it's a great show. Maybe it's something that we're all going to be looking forward to. Maybe maybe it's Emmy winning. You know, Spike pumps those out nonstop. So I can't wait to take self-serving advice from Ray. God, Ray Rice. It's Ray Lewis. Ravens, violence. I, I get my Rays mixed up. So that should be interesting. Uh, on to the uh, Sunday games, Cowboys, Packers. I'm sorry I'm licking my lips a lot here. I got a little cotton mouth. I don't know what's wrong with me. coffee there, right? Always helps. Cowboys-Packers game. Obviously, there's the big play. The big play everyone's talking about, and I watched it. And you gotta think, wow, what a catch by Des Bryant. You go on Twitter, people immediately know. Calvin Johnson roll. That is not a catch. 
Tony Romo, 15 for 19, 191 yards. Not huge numbers, but very efficient. No interceptions. Got sacked a few times. Took a beating from Clay Matthews on some real late hits that were never called. And there's a few sacks that were his own doing, uh, especially that one where he he ran to the right then tried to duke back to the left and got popped by someone, completely blindsided him. But, I mean, Romo took took a lot of beating in this game. But... You had Aaron Rodgers going 24 for 35, 316 with three touchdowns, and obviously the limping he was doing still managed to get through. He had quite an average first half and was able to come through in the fourth quarter like he was completely fine. That guy is a amazing quarterback. He's probably the best quarterback in – he is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he will win the MVP. You know, Dallas stayed in this game. Dallas scored a touchdown every quarter except the fourth, so they were slowly doing this, slowly going through. I think what killed them, though, they could they could have taken that lead. Obviously, the Jason Garrett, I, I don't know what he's thinking at the end of that first half. Jason Witten clearly doesn't get the first down. Most teams, what do they do? They run to the line of scrimmage, get a playoff. I realize, I believe, there's under a minute left. Even if you just spike it or something or do a quick run, then call a timeout. Do it that way. No, what do you do? You call a timeout and let the booth take over. That that What is wrong? That is bad. That is bad. Maybe he didn't realize that Witten wasn't that close. It was clear from the television angle. It should have been people upstairs telling him to hurry up and not call a timeout. Don't understand. Now, this would probably be more of a... This would be a larger issue if the Cowboys had actually won the game. There are several skirmishes in this game where multiple flags were thrown on each play. Yet, Green Bay were the only ones that were actually flagged for personal fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct. So, not really sure... Again, that's something that's sort of uh, we don't we don't talk about that because Green Bay won, and of course the catch the catch was it a catch? It's such a complicated rule. Well, it's really not that complicated. It's just stupid. It's he's going to the ground. If you're going to the ground, we've heard this a million times, so I'm going to try to do my best to decipher through so you can listen to it from me, a nobody, somebody. Uh, when you're going to the ground, if it hits. When you're going to the ground to make the catch, if the ball hits the ground and you lose possession, it is incomplete. Did he lose possession? He still had it, but it ball the ball moved. Which is ridiculous, though, because it never actually came out. So the fact that he tried to roll into it, into the end zone, made the ball quite visible. If he had just fallen to the ground on top of it, it wouldn't have been an issue. It is what it is. Dez looked like he was ready to go into tears. I was almost starting to feel really bad for him. Then I realized he plays for the Cowboys, so I didn't feel that bad. And you see multiple players on that, on, on Twitter saying, what is wrong with that? That's a catch. That's a catch. This, this rule is so complicated that most NFL players still don't understand it. Even the Lions, well, the Lions do understand it. They, they were screwed with Calvin Johnson a few years ago, and they even... Sent a nice text to the Cowboys. I think a little of that had to do with last week's flag that was picked up as well as knowing the feeling of that silly rule. It is what it is. Cowboys uh, couldn't get it done. They had a great year. But the Packers move on, and they're going to play Seattle next week. Right now, that spreads at 7.5, playing in Seattle. I can see Green Bay hanging around in that game, but I think Seattle's going to win. So I'm going to take Green Bay to cover there. I'm not uh, these these spreads this week. I'm not completely sure of. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know you're sitting there with bated breath, waiting to call your bookie to, to let him know you want to put that early bet in. I'm sorry.
We get to the later game, Colts-Broncos 24-13. Colts, this was a rough game to watch, especially watching a legend like Peyton Manning. The Broncos could never get it together. Luck, well, he wasn't masterful. He threw two interceptions, 27 for 43, 265, two touchdowns. Peyton, this is, I'm reading a line for Peyton Manning here. 26 for 46, 211, one touchdown. Never looked comfortable. Kept going for that Emmanuel Sanders pass on the right side over every time, overthrowing it. He just did not look ready. And he's now 11 and 13 in the playoffs, nine first round exits. And it was revealed later or early today that he had a torn quad for the last month or so, injured in the Chargers in December. You can't make excuses, though. I, I admire the fact that he didn't say anything. At the same time, he's not saying anything because he doesn't want to be open for uh, attacks from defenses. But you can't make excuses for that because if you're not well enough to play, then don't play. He played. It was tough. I get it. There were a lot of banged-up quarterbacks this week. And he did it. So uh, I'm not sure what else to say. Is he done? I think he should be. The arm strength is not there anymore. That might have to do with a tear in your quad, too, but... I don't know, Trent, Rich, Trent Richardson inactive. Guy, what a what a pathetic joke. Hey, 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 hey. Not really, a, I mean, you got the touchdown to Hakeem Nix for, for, it was big for Andrew Luck, but this game was another one, rough one to watch. The Broncos could, not to beat a dead horse, but they could just never get anything going. They had that first touchdown, you thought, okay, I, and this is the one game I got wrong. I picked Denver minus seven. They score that first touchdown. You're thinking, wow, all right, here we go. And Indianapolis responds. And then after that, the Broncos never had any momentum in this game. I think Peyton's done. It's been a great career. And shame on the Broncos fans for booing. There were certain Broncos, certain, like I know them, but there was a group of Bronco fans that were booing Peyton Man at the end of this game. I'm not one of those people that say you can't boo your players. I get that. But... Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning. He's a god. And I realize gods have been booed. Mickey Mantle's been booed. Derek Jeter's been booed way back when. I booed players. I don't go to the game and say I'm not booing anyone. I have booed lots of players. Mainly, most of them, uh, former uh, reliever for the Yankees, Kyle Farnsworth. He's been the venom. He, he, he's been the target of my venomous boos. So, but a terrible job. I don't know what you want from someone you want a quarterback, yeah, Peyton Manning, and I realize it's frustrating losing the first round, but to, to boo Peyton Manning, I don't know. So I think in the uh, AFC next week, that'll be, well, I don't think, I know, the Colts versus the Patriots, and that, that game's at 7 right now on Monday night. That's another one of them, oh boy, I don't know. You think I would have thought about this before? Well, I did think about this before. I was ready to take the Patriots, but now I'm thinking. I think I'm going to stay with the Patriots minus seven. I think that they're going to, not that I even think they're that great, but I think that offense is is going to take over. And I think their defense, which is a bit underrated, is, is going to take care of that offensive line of Indianapolis, which actually has been playing a lot better than they were at the end of the season. But you, uh, take take the Patriots. So, we're, we're, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go Green Bay and Patriots this week. So call your bookie. If, if I, you need to hit pause, hit pause. Go for it. I uh, just wanted to go over real quick uh, the Hall of Fame. We had our four people go in. We had Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Craig Biggio, and John Smoltz. I correctly predicted. Uh, I think. I think I said Pedro. 
Pedro Randy Johnson and Biggio. I didn't think Smoltz. I think Smoltz is a great pitcher. He's sort of a product of being that big three of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. But I'm not really sure what, outside of the, I have no problem. I mean, people can say Biggio's a compiler. He is. The guy never put up any enormous stats in one year as Hall of Fame year, so to speak. I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. He paid for losers. I mean, the Outside of that one World Series that they were in, uh, what have the Astros ever done other than switch leagues? Uh, but I'm not really sure what the writers are doing. Now, these writers, they, they're such egomaniacs. They, they, think they're, they think their point is, is better than every other writer's. And baseball is the perfect sport. I talked about this last time, where baseball is the perfect sport where you can miskew numbers to fit your arguments. And that's what they do. You can just see them tweeting each other back and forth. Hey, this will be if you look at this. Oh, God. But, I mean, the, the one thing I wanted to look at is Mike Piazza didn't make it. Uh, I wanted to look at the votes between 2014 and 2015. 2014, Mike Piazza, 62.2, up to 69.9. Not sure what he did this year to get more than seven points to, to almost 70, and you need 75 to get in. Not sure there. Mike, uh, Jeff Bagwell went up about one point to 55.7 in 2015. Roger Clements, two points at 37.5. Bonds, about two points at 36.8. McGuire and Sosa decrease about a point to McGuire, 10, and Sosa, 6.6. What does that tell you? I don't know what that tells you. It tells you these, these baseball writers, I'm not really sure where their head's at. And then you have fools that just want to waste votes by voting for Darren Erstad and Aaron Boone, which they should have their votes taken away because that's a joke. But what are you saying with Bagwell, Clemens, Bonds? You're going to give them a little more every year? Well, yeah, they're not even close to 75. And Sosa and McGuire, the, the Sultans of SWAT in 1998 in the great home run race, which I remember watching at the Southern Connecticut State University dormers of freshmen. Four of us were in the room talking, and when he hit that number 61, we all stopped. The conversation ended. History had happened. And just to be so duped by that, I think that's why these two, Sosa, I think, is a complete fabrication by steroids. But McGuire's numbers before that, those amazing seasons, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think once one of these steroids guys gets in here, these these writers want to stick to their guns and say, this guy doesn't belong here, this guy that doesn't belong here. Wait till one steroid guy gets in. Wait till one associated guy associated with steroids gets in. The next year, they vote them all in. They vote them all in. 100% that happens. Lemmings. That's all they are. Lemmings. So I'm not really sure... Uh, what their motivation is right now or what sort of exact science they're using to determine things. But uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame is always a three-ring circus where everyone knows more than the common fans. And they try to make everyone feel like idiots because they have this sacred vote. Uh, Quickly, uh, college basketball. I was on here last week and I told you Kentucky might go undefeated. And of course, what do they do? They play two games. They play, uh, who'd they play? They played Ole Miss, went to overtime. Then they played Texas A&M and went to double overtime. Yet they still are undefeated. So I guess uh, they wanted to make things interesting, make me look like a fool. Uh, Calipari, come at me, bro. Whatever. So not really, uh, I don't know what to say about that. And Duke went down yesterday. 
So the number two. So there now are two undefeated teams left in Kentucky and Virginia. My UConn Huskies beat South Florida and Cincinnati. Well, I mean, that's that's nice. Again, you got to beat the teams on your schedule. I understand. They got two road games this week against Tulsa and Stanford. Tulsa at the top of the AAC, which is... I guess that's good. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> top of the ACC. It's a, kind of like the Chris Rock bit where he says that, that winning that is like retarded people who can talk. Oh, say what, Colin? Uh, the I know. Let me rephrase everything here. Talking about uh, Colin Powell saying he's so well spoken. Well spoken is a term for retarded people who can talk. Yeah, I know the delivery wasn't as good, but you, you get the drift. I don't know what, what UConn still. I'm going to stick by my guns that they have to win the conference tournament. I don't even care if they win out the rest of the time. They are beating mediocre teams, even if they did that, which they won't. And finally, this week we're gonna we're gonna close with the MLB Network is doing something that I'm really happy about. I've I've really become a fan of the NFL Networks of football life and. Through my own doing, my wife has sort of become a historian of football by me forcing her to watch it, because I'm sure she totally knew who Lyle Alzado was before I showed that documentary, right? Um, but the MLB, what they're doing, and it's going to be hosted by Bob Costas, which as long as I don't hear the self-serving soapbox BS from him about the Redskins name, gun control, whatever, whatever his flavor of the week is, should be great because he does capture that nostalgic, uh, youthful feeling, even though he's not old. I mean, he is old, but his black hair wouldn't tell you that. It gets darker every year. It's amazing. He's going to have like a goth black soon. Uh, MLB documentary series. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm a baseball junkie when it comes to that yesteryear stuff. I will watch the Ken Burns baseball film over and over and over again. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, that should be premiering. They didn't actually have a date, but it should be coming soon. So, And that's the podcast for this week, everyone. I know that the national championship game is tonight, so I'm not going to actually have any information on that because why would you want to listen to some prep about a football game that already happened about some guy who doesn't really know that much about college football? So it seems a bit uh, ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I hope uh, Roger Goodell is... Sitting in the in the stands again next week, and we can you know see him as an everyday man wearing his everyday clothes before he runs up to his suite with all the people who like to say that they have, watch football games in suites but don't actually like football. You know the people. Just say so they can say I watched a football game in a suite. Oh, you like football? Not really. Hey, maybe we'll get a uh, get some more uh, <laughs> just insanely ass kissing statements. Insane ass-kissing statements from the public media. I'm, I'm dragging here. Everyone, thanks for listening. As always, at BrianBuck13.com and at www.RedTicketBlues.com. We should be on iTunes relatively soon. So if watching on YouTube on your phone all day is killing your data, I understand. But iTunes, here we come, and iTunes will never be the same. Everyone, have a wonderful week, and call your bookies, and then thank me. Cut me into it, all right? See ya. See ya.